I'm Andrew Weinrich, and I'm here with Jeremy Levy. This is Deciding by Data. Each week, we will interview a leader in a different space and explore with them how they have leveraged data and analytics to build and transform their organization, bringing you the inside story behind the growth of successful data-driven businesses. Our guest today is Mark Josephson, CEO of Bitly. You probably know Bitly as those short links you see on Twitter, but Mark tells us how Bitly has evolved from a social sharing tool to a link management platform used all over the world, providing data to thousands of brand customers. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We really haven't spoken in years from the time you were the CEO of Outside In. I know this interview is really about Bitly, but it'd be great if you could just recount what you shared with me before about Outside In before we get going on Bitly. Sure. Well, it's great to be here talking with you. Um, we were talking about um, when we met, I was CEO of a company called Outside.in, and we were aggregating and organizing at the time about 80,000 sources of local news and information. And we were building algorithms to geotag and put content on a map and put information on a map because we thought location was going to be an important determinant of relevance and of value. Um, the problem was is that the first iPhone was, was coming out and it was woefully underpowered for battery and location and power and we were doing most of our stuff on desktop. So we look today in uh, the new release of iPhone 10, which is an incredibly powerful device with augmented reality and battery and just all the power in the world. The thought of being able to organize the, the world by location is incredibly powerful and incredibly relevant today. And um, I, I don't half-heartedly say that if we hadn't sold the business to AOL and we were starting outside in today, it could be still a really great opportunity. The vision was if you could, in real time, gather data from all of these different individuals, from all of these data gatherers, then not only could you put things on a map, but you could inform someone on a much more hyper-local basis about what was going on around them, right? That's right. Yeah, we built um, neighborhood news maps. So in New York City, there's five boroughs, but there's something like 200 neighborhoods um, that everybody fights over which street they end on. But um, generally speaking, uh, NoHo or SoHo starts and ends in specific places. And we had identified, we would identify content down to a lat long and then match it to an address. We actually built an iPhone app that's coming back to me called Radar, where you could literally open it up anywhere in the, probably the country, um, not the world, and you could see what happened in from what was happening from those 80,000 sources, which included like the Twitter firehose at the time, right? Um, and other things so you could see what was going on around you at a very local level. Take us on your journey. John Borthwick and Betaworks were original investors in Outside In? They were. So, the, well, my journey started well before that. You can't see my gray hair on the podcast, but I spent the past 25 years building at the intersection of technology and marketing. I started off in an agency and then went client side where I have had the luck of being part of five startups. The first one was a, the company that would become and was about.com. And I spent a lot of time there building technology products for marketers um, and media products. I then went to a rollout of there from a, a, an ad network business and then to outside in, then to AOL, then to Bitly. So the story here is that um, they're very, we'll talk about this, but there's very few products in any industry that work as well as our product does at Bitly. It's true that we don't have to market at all, although we do, to accomplish a core use case that's used thousands of times every second in every country in the world 
at massive global scale. Well, let's break this into pieces. There's millions and millions of people that are aware of Bitly, but probably not the Bitly part that we're gonna talk about from a business perspective. But let's start with the Bitly part that everyone knows about, which is this URL shortener originally so you could fit a URL on a tweet without consuming lots of characters, right? Yeah, so we, we, the company was founded in 2008 um, inside of Betaworks. John Borthwick's the founder, a visionary. And the problem was that the links were just too damn long, right? Twitter's character counts capped at 140. Turned out that Twitter and then Facebook and all social platforms turned out to be an incredible platform for sharing, sharing news, information, and content, not just navel-gazing, um, having a latte tweets, right? Which if you remember, that's what we all feared this would become. But it turned out to be about links and the links were too long. So we were the, we built Bitly, I wasn't here, Bitly was built to solve that problem. And it turned out that the links became an incredible tool and powerful tool on Twitter, but also on Facebook, also on LinkedIn, also um, wrapping pixels for images, also in email, also in SMS, anywhere where people were clicking, tapping or swiping, the world was putting bit.ly links. So we're going to get to what the, the opportunities there. I'm just curious, has part of that problem of the need for URL shortening gone away? I mean, the, the original imposition of a 140 character limit was driven, I think, by the interoperability of the carriers and the concern that you would drop part of a text message. On the consumer side, has part of the imperative to shorten URLs gone away or has it gotten more profound? It hasn't gone away because you still have to present your content in a way that is clear, manageable, and measurable. The character counts at Twitter uh, are more forgiving today than they were before as it relates to links and attachments and videos and images and GIFs. You ostensibly were solving for size of link in the past, but really you were solving for the elegance of the presentation. That's still a necessity today. What I would say has changed is that Twitter is less than 10% of our volume and has been for years. It's the realization that links are more valuable than we previously thought. You can do more with links if you try. And so what I will often say is it's really not about the size of the link that matters, it's what you do with it. So the power of the link and how you take control of it, that has become more important. When you're talking about you, how you use the link, I think what you're saying is that the you does not refer to an individual selecting a, a, a link, shortening it, and posting it on, on social media. You're talking about how a business offers. That's right. right. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that means and maybe even give us a a use case with a specific business and how they used shortened URLs to track activity? Absolutely. So um, I've been with, so I took over here at Bitly uh, almost exactly four years ago. And to be clear, I had been chasing this job in this company from day one. I have, my user account goes back to November of 2008. And I was a prosumer, if you will, using it for my jobs, whatever they were, to track opens of emails and engagement with my with my clients and, and peers. One of the things that was very clear to me when I got here and did my diligence with my team was that, sure, we had millions and millions of people using the product every month, but we had the biggest brands in the world were also using us and the biggest companies in the world out of their marketing departments, out of their product teams, in their email divisions, because we were solving a problem for them. By the way, we weren't really charging them per se. We were totally free, largely. But in order to build a business that's successful, that is meaningful, 
um, and the Fulfills, you know, that were, we've been a venture-backed business until very recently. We had to sell product. We had to build a business. And so we made the decision as a company to start to put some very specific rules and regulations in place and build product and market to people who could pay the bills. And so, you know, we took the company from cash burning to profitable and five, six X revenue in the past four years by focusing on the needs of the biggest companies in the world to build better touch points and relationships with their customers. Let me give you an example. One of my favorite examples is United. United Airlines um, actually cares a lot about customer experience. I know because we talk to them about it and have for years. But when you have a flight delay, you will get a text message from United that when you click on the link in that text message, it takes you to a page where they have proposed a rebooking of your flight, right? So they have created one link that is tied to the customer record in their CRM. So they'll do 10,000 links in a minute, blast them out to their people. And then when the customer clicks on that link, it increments in their CRM so they know that they've engaged with that person. It's a personalized, customized experience that drives them to the right place at the right time in the app, for example to get better conversion. That link doesn't go on Twitter. It doesn't go on Facebook. It's one link that's seen by one person and that's their customer. And that's a link you're providing. Correct. They use our, our link technology to do that. And so that link is, is taking that user to a landing page. You're cooking that user. And now you're able to uniquely identify not just what that user is doing in that session, but what they're it, doing in, in future sessions. It's actually easier than that. Andrew, if you if they're creating the link from the customer record, so they've got think think about any business that has a CRM or Salesforce instance, right? Every single record can have a Bitly link associated with it for every channel. So you know that 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 your customer engaged with you on this channel, and we're close and we close the loop back to you. Ah, so, got it. Right? Yes, we have cookie data, but you don't need cookie data to build great customer experiences. With United, then United has a uh, an identity associated with that specific user, as opposed to Bitly's anonymous ID from a global perspective. Correct. They they create that um, link from their customer record. I don't know who that customer is. That's their customer, but they create a link that's tied to that customer record. It gets sent out through the. the they hit our API for the link, they tie it to that customer, and then they send it out via their SMS engine, and it takes the customer in-app to rebook their flight without having to wait in line, where they credit Bitly for reducing lines in airports and calls to the call center. And that's with a link, because we can do one specific link to one specific page in-app that's customized for that user. How would they have done that without you? How would they have done that without us? I don't know that they could have, because as it turns out, creating links at scale and at volume is not easy. As you know, it's a kind of thing that's taken for granted. But if you want to say, I want to create 10,000 links, each one individual to a destination that we don't know about until we create the link, like that's hard. So uh, it has to be done programmatically. It has to be able to burst. It has to have analytics. It has to have tracking. It has to be you know, blessed by the carriers. It has to be reliable. It has to be encrypted with HTTPS. All of those things have to happen, right, to, in order to make that work. And that's what we do for them. Who else offers a competitive platform to you? At Bitly, we call our product a link management platform, and it's used by millions of people every month. We've got two-thirds of the Fortune 500 who are our customers, and we help the brands own their customer experience, and that's how we think about it. When you start to think about your links and take control of them, it gives you visibility into all of your touch points. Again, anywhere you're clicking, tapping, swiping, pushing play is, a, is actually technically a link. And if you use a link management platform to organize them all, you get the visibility, you get control, and you get analytics and insights back. So it enables you to do a better job of building your business and building your customer experiences. 
We are going to take a short break, but when we return, Mark will dive into the value of the branded short link and also tell us which celebrities use Bitly. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Indicative, the leading behavioral analytics platform that allows business users to optimize acquisition, engagement, and retention. Indicative enables marketing and product teams to do sophisticated behavioral analysis across all of their customers' digital touch points without the need to rely on data scientists. To learn more, go to indicative.com or email info at indicative.com. Welcome back to Deciding by Data. We're here with Mark Josephson, CEO of Bitly. Mark was just telling us how United Airlines uses Bitly to stay on top of flight delays and provide a smooth rebooking experience for its customers. Now, we'll go deeper into the value Bitly offers through data. In the case of of United, if you wanted to quantify the benefit to them, I mean, what, what they were experiencing is they have a delay and they're experiencing frustration. So how do you quantify success there? So we reduced call volume to the call center by, I think it was 10%. That, that was a case study in a specific use case that we saw. So yeah, it's very real. By the way, we have other data that shows when you use our, our links, um, if you brand them with a branded short domain and you customize the back half, so instead of um, es.pn slash ABC. CDEF, it's es.pn slash Super Bowl or amzn.to slash coupon. You'll get up to a 34% increase in click through rate and top of funnel volume. That's huge. Just because of the ability to remember the URL? Well, for a couple of reasons. One, because it turns the URL into a creative unit and smart marketers know what to do when you give them real estate to be creative and thoughtful. Two, because they associate with the brand and they trust the brand, you should never click on a link that you don't know where it's coming from, yep. bitly or otherwise. Um, and three, because we work with every single distribution platform to make sure the links actually get through. I understood the the heavy lifting you described in the United use case. What's the heavy lifting on the vanity URL where ESPN is responsible for acquiring that domain on their own? So they buy a domain and they we have very clear and simple directions on our website on how to point that to us so that we host that C name for them. And you can count on us building that more specifically into our product in the future because it's a core part of what we do. Back to the United use case, what else is that data is 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 that data aggregated i mean you're sitting at a place where you see data from united maybe you see it from american airlines as well and and you're seeing it from a host of other places is that data aggregated is there any cross pollination there's no cross pollination in our data in the sense that um, we protect the data of every single one of our enterprise and paying customers. We will never take United's data and merge it with or share it with or expose it to American, right? So that is, this is a software enterprise software licensing business and never the two shall meet. There is opportunity to build some benchmarking products and some other sort of insights that we can help share, but we're never going to cannibalize the data for, for competitive benefit. That said, and this is this is important. Seventy percent of our volume comes from our free product. So I do have a tremendous amount of data and visibility into trends and 
consumption across the globe and across every category and across every platform. And you will start to see those kinds of insights populate in the product to help you understand what's working and what's not. Does that mean that you're not sharing that specific data with United per se, but across the entire Bitly link network, you are able to track an individual user across all the places they're going. And, and I think where you were going with that is at a macro level, you can sort of see the emotions and the, the trends that people are sort of in, in mass doing across the internet at any given time. Well, anytime you click on a Bitly link, whether you see it or not, it's a 301 redirect through our product and our servers. So we drop a first party cookie. We see about 4 billion folks a month. So we do see most of the world, so 4 billion browsers. So we do see most of the world on a monthly basis. And that provides a lot of opportunity and a lot of interesting brainstorming about what we could do with that visibility. But let's pivot back to like using data to drive decisions and predicting future. I can tell you that companies that spend a lot of time brainstorming data opportunities and data businesses don't stick around long. But businesses that have a product that work really well, that's already being used by millions of people and thousands of brands and getting we get, you know, five or six thousand new account signups every single day. That's the data that I focus on. And what we've been focused on as a business is effectively providing value to those customers who use our link management platform to get you from point A to point B with control, visibility, and insights. That is what's really powerful here. Um, and I, I have spent a lot of time, probably too much time, thinking about the the golden egg of the data that we have. I'd rather, uh, you know, we're we're focused on the. On the link, on the link management, but but it's still really interesting though, given the visibility you have into where the, the the people are clicking and where people are going on the internet. Are there some examples of insights that you've been able to discover through just analyzing where people are going at any given time, even correlating that to current events and so on? Sure, uh, I mean there's 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 always examples of things that we know are happening and uh, that we can see in our usage, and and they happen literally every single day. There's uh, you know I like to I like to hold the flag when we see celebrities and famous people using our product. Our president uses our product pretty regularly. LeBron James, Bruce Springsteen, Taylor Swift, the Queen of England, right? So pulse of the world does flow through Bitly on a pretty regular basis. But are there are there any examples you can give us that are a little bit more specific, maybe? Of insights that you're able to abstract first from the pre-free product. And then what would be interesting is you had alluded to how those insights were going to be presented to businesses, not the reverse. You wouldn't take United's data and share that with other customers, but it seemed as if there were insights from the free data that would be helpful to United. We don't spend a ton of time right now focused on take, mining that data on those insights, frankly. We've got a lot of road in front of us to execute on the link management platform side. That said, we do know and are able to see when people are performing out of band with their peers or if something is happening that is anomalous for them to good or bad. And so, you know, we're able to see when they have a piece of content that somebody else cre uh, somebody else shared on their behalf that they otherwise didn't know. Uh, that happens actually a lot is pretty valuable. So, you know, think about um, share buttons around the web and on your phone. Quite often, those share buttons have Bitly integrations built behind them. Um, We're built into 39,000 different applications around the web. So anytime you're sharing a link, the odds are you're sharing a Bitly link. Um, and you know, a corporate marketing de department has a very specific schedule and program, but then they could be surprised that a piece of content's going viral, but they don't know how it got there. And we're able to show them that. Have you ever thought about open sourcing or anonymizing any of that data so that it can be used as a public data set for people to drill into? Yeah, we and we have shared data with um, researchers, and we're generally pretty open to those requests when we get them. What's the future? Walk us through a little bit of the 
roadmap for Bitly from here? The future is really bright. So this summer we completed a pretty significant investment from Spectrum Equity that really sets us up for the growth phase of our business, right? If you go from idea and and scrappy startup to getting to profitability and building the infrastructure for a business, and the next one is about scaling to be really big. So, you know, I want every every company in the world to be a Bitly customer because I think we can provide and find value for them. I think what you're going to see us do is continue to double down on the product that the world loves. I started this by saying there's a product that really works. It literally... Thousands of times, every single second, every single day, someone's using our product to get from point A to point B in a way they couldn't before. And that just works. So you're going to see us continue to double down on adding value to the links and features and functionality that make them work even better. You've seen us add things like mobile deep linking to make linking from mobile web to app and back seamless, just like clicking on any other links. Um, You've seen us um, build campaign uh, tools like our Bitly OneView dashboard, which enables you to compare performance and audience and links across every single digital channel. You're going to see things like that that drive a tremendous amount of pack, a tremendous amount of value into really small links to the to benefit our customers. You'll see us scale our engineering, scale our sales, scale our marketing. You'll see us go international because we have most of our usage comes from outside the U.S., but we haven't really gone to market in, a, in an efficient and direct way internationally. And I think you'll see us start to open up and explore pricing tiers and packages that are more focused on smaller businesses and individual opportunities because we think there's there's been a tremendous demand for that from from our customer base. Are you able to share other uses that you might have in the pipeline for what what other products can be derived from some of this data? Well, I think a lot about the data, less about like how we productize the usage data that we have to sell, but more about how to understand how people use our products so that we can drive more value for them. So I think one of the, the one of the things I think is really important as you, as we start to think about future predictions uh, as this podcast is focused on, I think people conflate data to mean external usage of the data versus listening and focusing on your own data that you're generating to make your business better by making your product meet more needs of your customers. What we're really focused on, I actually have a four-hour meeting today on this topic, is are we? how are we setting up our business and company with an analytics and insight-driven platform to drive our business decisions, right? And I think a lot of people still, uh, a lot of companies today leave a lot of data on the table in, ter- in making gut decisions and intuitive decisions instead of data-based decisions. So that is sincerely where we're focused right now is because we have such massive volume in our product. And so as an operator, all I want to do is make it incredibly efficient and make sure we're meeting the needs of our customers and anticipating the needs of our customers based on how they're using them. Great example, actually. So um, we started to see SMS become more interesting and volume start to, to peak on, on links sent via SMS. And it started to come out of product management groups, not out of marketing department, right? So we would get um, API cost people who only use our API because they needed to send out 100,000 links a day. We've productized the SMS use cases. We built collateral. We've trained our sales team. We've adjusted the dials on our, on our rate limits and made it work better for those customers, for example. And if we weren't paying attention to our usage and meticulously combing through our data to understand what's working and what's not, we wouldn't have seen that. It would just have happened. You mentioned a minute ago the total number of links that you observe on a monthly basis. Can you maybe give us some context for that in terms of the total volume of link clicks on the internet? And then maybe if there are any other interesting vanity metrics that you don't mind sharing? 
happy to share the the metrics. Uh, you know, we generate uh, hundreds of millions of links each month that we create that are created by our customers. They, we get nine, ten, eleven billion clicks each month from more than four billion unique browsers. Um, I don't know how many clicks happen every day or every in the world, um, but we are certainly big enough. If you look at the geographic distribution and category and platform distribution, it's uh, all around the world. Mark, thank you for your time. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening to Deciding by Data. I'm Andrew Weinrich. My co-host is Jeremy Levy. This podcast was produced and edited by Lauren Feiner and Esmeralda Martinez. Our music is by Chris Zabriskie. New episodes are released each week. Tune in next week when we speak with Adeo Resi, founder and CEO of the Founder Institute. Adeo tells us how his company is using a simple quiz that can determine if you have entrepreneur DNA. This is Deciding by Data. This podcast is brought to you by Indicative, the leading behavioral analytics platform that allows business users to optimize acquisition, engagement, and retention. Indicative enables marketing and product teams to do sophisticated behavioral analysis across all of their customers' digital touch points. For more episodes of Deciding by Data, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite app, or visit decidingbydata.com to subscribe to our newsletter. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review or follow us on Twitter at Deciding by Data.